0: Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
1: Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. At Bright Vibe, we believe everyone deserves to be happy. But in today's world, everywhere you turn, there's division and negativity. At Bright Vibe, we have created a global movement to bring eight million people together who are inspired to live bright, live bold, and share bright vibes. Alone, it can be hard to change, but together we can change the world. Welcome to the Bright Vibe podcast. Dr. Jess Tracy, welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you on today. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yes, you're in Canada. I'm in Kansas. We were just discussing it's cold in both places right now. (laughs) So if if you're listening to this in the summer, we are in the winter right now when we are (laughs) are recording this. I want to read a little bit of your bio, uh, if that's all right with you. Yeah, Um, that'd be great. You are a doctor of psychology, and you're also a professor of psychology at the University of British Columbia, a solder Distinguished. Am I saying that right? Sauter Distinguished Scholar yeah. is that, is yeah. that the correct? Okay. That is,
2: yeah, it's the solder School of Business at UBC. So yeah. okay, perfect. Some people say Sauter, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't okay. actually know. It's all good.
1: Okay, <laughs> all right. You do a lot of work in the what I want to call this the social personality psychology, that's what your PhD is in. And we're gonna dive into that today. So we're gonna find more about what that's about. And you do have a book with two covers, which we talked about. Uh, If you're looking for it on Amazon, you're probably looking for Pride, The Secret of Success by Jessica Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y. And then if you did like I did and did a little research, you may see a white cover, but uh, don't despair. The words on the inside are the same. (laughs) <laughs> which is which is take pride, why the deadliest sin holds the secret to human success. And of course, I love that title because it's provocative. So it's yeah. like, why, first of all, we're just going to talk about the deadliest sin because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really I like that. no, I, I but, love that
2: title too. I I, was, uh, I love that phraseology,
1: it. right, yeah. right? Okay. so, so your your book's about take pride. Your research is about pride. And, and I know that also ties into shame. You've done research on shame. So pride, shame, ego, there's yeah. good, good pride. There's kind of what I would call bad pride. I mean, if we're, we're putting them in, in buckets that we can yeah. judge them. So why is in the title of your book, why is pride the deadliest sin?
2: <laughs>
1: well, you know, I
2: didn't say that originally. I think uh, Dante said that, so I can't okay, take well. <laughs> but you know, uh, but,
1: but well, he was. But, but your name's right under it, yeah, so right, here's the quote not. in your name. So I'm going to blame they're you. So, <laughs> so why is pride the deadliest? Fair enough.
2: Well, okay, so you know, uh, it's a funny thing when I when I started studying pride because I think you know, as an, I'm Canadian now, but I'm originally American, and in both Canada and America, but I would say especially America, we love pride. Right, it's, we celebrate it. We're, we're supposed to feel proud of our kids. You know, we, we are you know going for pride all the time. We're proud of our country. All kinds of pride is really important. And then you do a little, a teeny teeny bit of historical research, and it's like, oh no, actually, this isn't how people have seen pride kind of ever in history in any other culture. The deadly okay. sin thing is actually a pretty common view, much more common historically. And that's sort of the idea that pride is is bad. Um, you know, in the Bible, they talk about pride goeth before the fall, before the fall,
1: yeah yeah,
2: that it's this really dangerous thing that should be avoided. And lots of philosophers have, have kind of talked about it that way. If you go back to like ancient philosophy, tons of tons of people were talking about how pride is bad. The only person who talked about pride is maybe okay was Aristotle. So he was sort of an okay. early thinker saying, well, you know, actually, if you are virtuous and you know it, Don't, don't be falsely humble. That's, you know, sort of, he's, he's not the humble brag, right? So he's like, go for it, be proud. But most researchers, or not researchers, most early scholars sort of said, look, pride is bad. So it turns out when we dig a little bit into this in terms of how people think about pride today, both views are, are pretty much out there, right? We do have these two different conceptualizations and two different experiences of pride, where on the one hand, There's pride in our achievements, pride that sort of confidence, I feel good about myself, I work hard, Mm -hmm. I have an achievement, I, you know, I accomplish something, and and I feel proud, and that's great. Mm -hmm. And it's associated with all kinds of great things, Mm pro-social behaviors, Mm -hmm. good personality traits. But then there's also this other kind of pride, we call it hubristic pride. Mm -hmm. And that is what is colloquially referred to as arrogance, egotism, conceitedness, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's certainly part of what pride is. It's a very different experience. It feels really different. People, right. you know, judge us really differently when we have that kind of pride. Mm-hmm. It's linked to different kinds of more problematic behaviors, aggression hostility, um, you know, bragging, basically mm-hmm. behaviors that typically lead people to not like us. We don't like people oh. who are too arrogant. Uh, interestingly, both kinds of pride are linked to social status. So there's a reason that we oh. have prides. Both prides ultimately get us. Power over others, um, which is, you know, has evolutionary advantages. People who are more mm-hmm. powerful get more resources, best mates, more, you know, influence over the group. So both prides are adaptive, but they work in really different ways.
1: Mm-hmm. And so we're, you're really taking this, the word pride, and you're just uncoupling and saying there's two versions of pride, right? There's, there's basically the pride that's almost, I would say, an earned pride as part of a, you're part of a social collective, and the pride comes from, almost like a lion you know a lion's pride or something but you're you you you're ultimately are are earning pride through your acts or through your generosity or through some way of contributing mm-hmm. and then there's the pride that is and you and you can dive deeper into these definitions but then there's the pride of actually it sounds like almost taking so one mm-hmm. one sounds to me like I'm giving something and in mm-hmm. return for that I'm 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 giving something or I'm doing something that that I earn it versus I'm trying to take something to try to dominate or to try to control. So I'll let you play with those. I
2: I think to some extent that's the case. I think, you know, you can feel the hubristic pride from an achievement, but typically Mm. the way it works is, okay, you have some sort of success, you know, whatever it is in your work domain, you know, if you're a student, maybe Mm -hmm. you do an exam or um, some promotion at work. And instead of sort of focusing on, wow, I worked really hard for this. This is, this feels really good. This is getting me to a place I want to be. I'm just going to kind of enjoy this and figure out what I need to do next to keep the feeling going in terms of how do I keep achieving? You sort of think, okay, how do I feel as good about myself as possible? Well, for sure, the way to do that is to tell everyone I know,
1: right? Gotcha. So gotcha.
2: Then the pride becomes less about how you feel about yourself and more about reflecting sort of in the bask of others glow, you know, mm-hmm. um, so social appraisal, others praise, that kind of thing. And mm. once you once you are sort of oriented that way, then the pride is becoming much more what looks like arrogance, right? People who mm-hmm. sort of who need that—they're the people who are going to post their achievement on Facebook and sort of relish all the likes and congratulations. And at some level, of course, others want to know about your achievement. We we care about the people we love. We're happy for them. Mm-hmm. At some level, it also gets really annoying. Right? We often right. don't like it when people post about their achievements because arrogance is really a disliked kind of trait, I think, pretty much universally, although it varies. Right. Sort of culture, how
1: much it's disliked. <laughs> yeah, and, and so you say this happens in social media. I was not aware of this. Is this, <laughs> I know, right? is this anything? I just did not know that social. Media, so people on social media are posting stuff to get attention. Uh, this <laughs> is <have> odd. <laughs> Who'd have would thought? I, I'm just yeah. very yes. I'm just shocked. And so, well, as we talk about social media and kind of that area, you know, in both titles and both books, you say we can use pride to have success. So I'm not seeing that link yet in our conversation. Right. So 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 how are we linking pride and when you I think you use the word success, correct? In the in the in the yeah. so how 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 are how are you defining that pride and success? So what the research
2: suggests is that actually in terms of success, authentic pride is the better the the good kind of pride, which we call authentic pride. That's the way to go for success. And and mm-hmm. the idea is that it, it it's a motivating factor, right? The reason that we want to achieve, that we want to do well in our various pursuits, whether it's work or athletics or hobbies or even, you know, something like relationships, being a good partner, being a good parent. The reason that we want all that is because we want to feel good about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that good feeling about ourselves, that is what authentic pride is. Mm-hmm. So it's this massive motivator right we we do well we get this jolt of emotion and it's not just happiness it's very different the way that we feel mm-hmm. when we feel good about ourselves compared to say you run into an old friend that's a great feeling it's happiness mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. pride very right. different yeah. to have a success because you feel good about yourself and mm-hmm. evolution kind of designed us to have those feelings because we then seek them, right? We then will engage in behaviors to get those feelings. And we particularly do that when we're lacking them. So we have Mm. studies showing that when students do poorly on an exam, those of them who say they feel a missing sense of pride, low levels of authentic pride in response Mm -hmm. to that, those are the students who then change their behaviors for the next exam, they study harder typically. Mm. And then they actually do better as a result on that next exam. And we can statistically trace back their improved performance to that missing pride, right? So sort of when you sort of are feeling like, oh, I am not doing what I want to be doing to feel good about myself. There's something missing in my life. There's something missing in my performance that motivates behavioral change, which in turn does lead to success. So it's really adaptive.
1: Hmm. Okay. And so you're saying, that, so the success and the link to pride is basically if I'm not achieving what I want to achieve and then I, and I use that, uh, lack mm-hmm. of pride that, then it's it's almost like an internal motivator to say, yeah. you know what, well, I want to feel good about. So you're you're li- you're linking up that feeling good about myself, and I'd almost say self worth. I- I'm almost thinking this authentic pride sounds like self worth. It's like yeah, I, I feel right, That's so right. I feel I feel more um, more self worth, uh-huh. and then there's this sense of pride that comes with that.
0: That's right. right exactly. As almost
1: a byproduct of. Self-worth almost. Well, I would say it's almost
0: it?
2: the same thing. One of the we have scales that we use to measure authentic mm-hmm. and humastic pride. And they're each seven items or seven sort of things that people will say, Yeah, I feel that to a pretty high level. And mm-hmm. one of them is I have self-worth. So you're exactly right. That is part of what know. it means to feel pride. And you know, you can say, okay, well, what about people who are achieving? When you achieve the people, you know, in that study I mentioned who did well on the exam, they felt a lot of pride. Mm-hmm. And they didn't change their behavior because they'd already behaving, right. behaving in a way that we right. to success. they just kept up the same behavior. So, right. you know, it's not the case that pride doesn't motivate continued positive performance. It, you know, it does. It's just that really where we need it is when we're not feeling it, the absence of it. Um, that's mm-hmm. what really pushes us to to kind of go ahead and succeed in a big way. To mm. change our behavior,
1: you know, I, I studied a lot of Tony Robbins stuff and he studied that for, you know, he studied all his stuff is from, other people. And he always talked about like one of the six human needs as he defined them is this feeling of significance. Mm. And, And that kind of, I'm kind of hearing that in this conversation is basically I can be, everybody needs significance, like almost recognized. And I can do that through acts of goodness, or I can do that through acts of Badness, basically. I'm gonna, that is, right. right. Yeah, I, totally. I, I can be I can be a significant contributor to my community, to the world, to my family, and I can get my sense of pride or self worth yeah. from that. Mm-hmm. Or I can go, you know, rob a liquor store mm-hmm. and have significance because my name is in the news. And right. right. So it's still I'm still getting significance, and maybe that's not quite prideful on the other side. But but I, I need to be recognized. Am I being yeah. recognized for doing something really bad, or am I? Being recognized for doing so good, but as human beings, I I think it goes back to kind of a doesn't it go back to almost our existence itself, which is if 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 my tribe around me doesn't recognize me, they may not protect me, and I may die. Right,
2: that's exactly right. And and you know, I would say the person who you know robs a liquor store or whatever. Doing something bad, I think that's about pride, also. You know, okay. it's sort of it's a different social group that they're essentially using to balance their self-worth off of gotcha. so it's no longer going to be sort of the acceptable societal self-worth that says don't rob, you know, achieve in these other right. ways. But there is some social group, you know, the gang Where members that's, yeah, right. that's going to really reward them for that. And that's right. what they're they getting. happens to people who can't achieve success in the mainstream way. They go to these other methods. And that's where they're going to feel pride, right? Gang members, they, they're unable to achieve success in sort of the traditional educational mainstream routes, but they find a gang and they say, okay, actually I can achieve success and self-worth and feel really good about myself and a lot of pride by being really successful at dealing drugs or mm-hmm. you know whatever right. it is, robbing a liquor store. So yeah. I do think it's all about pride. Pride, you know, The things that aren't about pride is basically when we're sitting on the couch watching TV, which I have no problem with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for mm-hmm. the most part, we're doing that not because we want to feel pride, but because we want to relax, maybe we want to feel happy. You know, it's mm-hmm. more about sort of basic survival needs, uh, you know, taking mm-hmm. self-care, essentially, the, the sort of basic mm-hmm. level needs. Pride is sort of an achievement or this next level that humans distinctively have, which is that beyond wanting to survive, we want to do more. We want to get status. We want, like you say, to be included by our social groups, to not be neglected by others, to build relationships that are really important. And all mm-hmm. those things are basically what have made us the amazing species that we are, right? That's sort of what's led to the incredible progress and culture and, and you know, technology that we've developed is really because we want to go beyond just survival.
1: Right. Yeah, totally. And just to add some color to the conversation, you make me sound really smart. So thank you for agreeing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, you know what? I like Jess because when <laughs> I talk, she validates me. Okay. I feel a certain... And I feel a certain pride in that, right? <laughs> it's like, and it okay. may be, there may be a little hubristic stuff in there, but for the most part, it's authentic. It's like, wow, I feel, I like you. You're so smart. I graduated a business thing, uh, Stegan Leadership Academy, actually. It was a year long, kind of like an MBA, but not an MBA, where it's really about leadership skills and self-authorship and really looking at yourself and saying, how, how am I communicating? Is it effective communication? All this stuff, they take us through this year long thing. And so they have a reunion every year. And the founder called me and said, Hey, would you come do this grounding exercise to kind of kick off the day? And I was like, Rand, I said, "Uh, I really don't want to be on stage. I really don't want to be in front of people. I've been doing a good job of just staying in my little bubble and being, I went from kind of an extroverted personality to a very introverted, very private person Uh uh, through through COVID and through the post COVID stuff. I've had a lot of A lot of struggles, I would say, mentally and financially and just in all ways. And so, but I said, but if I can serve, you know, I'll come and do this thing. And he said, well, I want you to do this because he said, you know, we're going to have professional meditators in the audience. We're going to have people there that could do a meditation. He said, but you're just raw. He said, said, I just want that raw kind of authentic, just be you. Yeah, and, yeah. and so I went and I did the deal and I was terrified. I was so nervous. I've never, I very rarely do I get nervous public speaking, but it'd oh. been a long time. I hadn't been on stage. There was 400 roughly people in the audience. Oh. And these were oh. definitely peers if, you know, if not more than peers
2: sure,
1: financially and business. And I was terrified, terrified, terrified. And, you know, I just got up there and I just let, I just let go. And for me, I was, I just said, you know, God, you do what you need to do through Matt so that whoever's in the audience can get whatever they need from you, because I could, I really, and I told the audience I said, I really don't want to be here. And I gave them choices wow. too. I said, I said, here's the deal. We can do this nice breathing thing and we can all feel good or we can go over here. And I kind of joked about taking the red pill or we can take the red pill and we can go down the rabbit, uh, the rabbit's uh-huh. hole. And we'll see what, we'll see what comes. And, oh, of course wow. they're, and they're, and they're very, Uh, you know, in the space of being progressive. And so they're yelling red pill before I get it out of everybody wants a red pill. And I said, no, 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 we can do the blue. I literally, (laughs) there's like like, now, right. So we did the red, but, and it was short thing, six minutes, but guided kind of guided visualization through a labyrinth is kind of what we did Uh because that was the theme. The labyrinth was the theme. And so I come off the stage and this is like at eight 45 in the morning. So I'd probably get done by a little before nine Mm -hmm. and the rest of the day, it was one of the more interesting things where people came up to me and just had had profound experiences in this six or eight minutes. Wow. I mean, we're like people like a lady from New Zealand came up who's a meditation coach. She didn't tell me that at the time until after, but she came up, she was like, she said, I thought, who's this guy coming to stage? Who's he think he is? Right. And she said, but that was really profound. And I was like, well, thank you. But there was a, there was a sense of pride, but it was, it was more, my pride was I'm glad they received something that they needed, not, yeah. wow, Matt did a great, so in the past, you know, yeah. when I get, there was a sense of, I did a good job, right? Mm-hmm. I did a good job. Yeah. I did a good thing. And this time it was, it was much more, it was much more like, thank you, Lord, for giving them something that, That's that, that, that wasn't mine to give.
2: Right, right,
1: right. And so it, it's, it was a, uh, anyway, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, well,
2: first of all, I'm very curious about what your labyrinth thing is because it sounds amazing, <laughs> but. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, um, apparently it was, it was <laughs> Yeah. But it wasn't mine, um, so it wasn't mine okay. to give, so. Right, yeah. right,
2: well, and I think that's, you know, I think that's a classic example of authentic pride, right? That, you know, on the one hand, yeah. it can be something that you did and you're really responsible for, but I think often it's something that we learn from others. And more importantly than where we got it, I think is what what gives us the pride. And it sounds like mm-hmm. for you, it's not the fact that everyone's looking up to you and thinking you're right. awesome. It's the fact right. that they you really help people, that you yes. actually gave something to someone else that made them feel something. Right. And something they needed. And right. that can be an amazing source of pride. Seeing, you know, the connection yeah. with someone else and, and feeling that you serve that. I absolutely yeah. think that can be. I mean, I think this is something as a parent. I don't know if you're a parent, but I have Yes, a, I am.
1: I have two kids. Yeah.
2: Okay. So I have a thirteen year old and yeah. I feel like you know, only a parent understands the unique joy slash pride that you feel <laughs> yes. in actually coming up with something that will make your kid happy. This gets, hard, I don't know how old your kids are, but it gets harder and harder as, right. Yeah. The bar goes little, up. Like, oh, ice cream. No problem. Yeah,
1: exactly. I, I just bought my son ice cream on the way home from school yeah. a little bit ago. So yes. yeah,
2: exactly. That's, that's easy but- as they get older, you know, and so coming up with something that actually gets that like excitement in their eyes, you know, especially as they approach teenagehood, that's a huge source of pride, right? And yeah. it's not like, oh, I'm a great parent, but there is this sense of like I did something that makes this person who I care about more than anyone else in the world happy in a you know right. unique way. And and I think that's exactly that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally.
1: Well, and and now that you brought up kids, so I have a seven year old and a three year old, okay. and and I love that to ages. watch. I love, oh, I love the ages. They're so yeah, cute. Okay. But I just love seeing uh, truly the sense of pride that they have when they do something. And then we, we give them, we give them affirmation and something they've done. So my three-year-old now she'll get out my vitamins in the morning. She'll come in and she'll take the bottle caps off and she'll mm-hmm. set them out for her, her name, Sophie. And so she's three, she's barely yeah. high enough to reach the counter. She'll set them out and I'll be Sophie, you are such a good helper. And when I look at her face, there's just this little smile and she's like, I am a good helper, right? Oh, and it's so, wow. uh, you know, it's so authentic. And so she loves taking on, she loves doing these little, like she loves pushing the garage door opener or when, before we leave in the morning. And, and that's like, you could tell she takes that on as that's her thing.
2: Yeah, right? absolutely. I,
1: I am doing something to contribute to the family. I feel yeah. good about And it's so refreshing to see that, uh, to your point, authentic pride. She's not totally. doing it. You're right. She's not doing it to manipulate the situation or because I'm going to give her a cookie. There's no reward exactly. in it yeah. other than, she's contributing to me or the family. And so she feels that sense of connection, that sense of pride. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think what you're talking
2: about is that's how we socialize kids to have sort of a healthy sense of self and, and sense of self-worth, right? Is that kids, you know, from an early age, they're at some point, probably she has been rewarded for doing things like that, whether the reward is just a smile, you know, Sophie, yeah. you're doing great. You're, you're, you're being a yeah, great Yes, of kid, course. You know? Oh, I tell her, and, yeah, yeah. And they love that, right? That's, that's all they want at that age, just to know right. that pleasing the two people who care most about them in the world. Right. And so right. that's super rewarding and that's how she's learning. Oh, this is, this is the kind of thing that I need to do to be the kind of person I want to be. And that's mm-hmm. right. That's the development of self. And, and then over time, as she gets older, those things will make her feel pride about herself or proud about herself more and more, you know, and then, and then it gets more complicated and they go through the p- period where they don't want to help at all. Cause then they feel proud and sort of rebelling and doing their own thing. But right deep down, they have that internal sense of, I want to, you know, to be a good kid, to be a good family member means helping in certain ways. That's
1: great. And, and, and thank you for that. Thank you for that reflection, that feedback. And, and I'm seeing a sticking point as I think about my own experience of life, which is the only eyes that I have to see through. I see this almost pulled back from authentic pride because of some of the preconditioned thought of you should be humble.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So there's almost yeah. this,
1: as I, as I look at pride, it seems because of maybe historical, biblical, or just historical cultural, we shouldn't be prideful, yeah, right? so no there's there's almost this friction or this thing where when we sh- when we sh- when I, and I'm going to use the word should, which I don't like the word should. but when we should be feeling authentic pride for something we actually did to contribute to another, there's this little thing that kicks up that says, but who are you? to feel good about that. Right. Or, or should you feel good? So what's happening there and, and is there a way to kind of decouple that?
2: Yeah, totally. So I think, I mean, that's part of why I really like the title of the original, the hardcover book take pride, because I think that's sort of a point I wanted to make is that every religion, including, you know, Buddhism, for example, I think the Dalai Mm -hmm. Lama has called pride really problematic. Um, mm -hmm. you know, he, he refers to it as something that humans shouldn't experience. It's not good for us. Mm -hmm. And I take real issue with that. I think the right. pride that all these scholars and, and religious leaders are talking about is hubristic pride. And right. I absolutely agree in the data show, there are a lot of problems with hubristic pride. I don't yes. encourage anyone to feel hubristic pride, <laughs> but authentic pride we need to have, right? Yes. We need it for ourselves. We need it for our relationships. We need it for our society, right? I mean, like I said, it is what causes progress. If, if we didn't want to ever feel good about ourselves then I really don't know what what would incentivize people to work hard. And of course, hard work is necessary for achievement. You know, you could say, oh, what about money? Well, number one, do you really want people to only work hard for external incentives like money? I I think people, the data show people actually work harder, put more of themselves into it when they are internally motivated, when it's not just about money, but about some sort of prestige or something that they're getting for themselves. That's something is pride, right? right? So to say, no, you shouldn't feel proud, I really think that comes from a misunderstanding of the fact that pride is not just hubristic pride. That there's another side of it that's really good, that's adaptive, that's healthy, that has all kinds of positive social benefits, social consequences. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where that comes from. And it's a cultural thing, you know. So so mm-hmm. you know, I think in an attempt to to get people to not be arrogant, to not hold their you know lord their power over others, which historically has been a problem and it is a problem mm-hmm. in every culture. Yep. These scholars say, hey, don't feel proud. And I get where they're coming from. But again, that's hubristic pride. The better solution is to separate the two prides and say, yeah, don't feel this kind, but this kind's okay. It's actually really good. We we should nurture it. We should go for it.
1: And if people are displaying hubristic pride, which I have done, I mean, I'm I, sure. Everyone, you know, you know. you're right. So uh, yes, I'm not saying people and and saying those people over there, I'm saying we, the people, mm-hmm. we, the people, when we're, when we're uh, displaying or really leaning into hubristic pride, is there really an antidote other than the world's going to, kind of kick our ass at some point? What is, is there even a fix for that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think there is, I think recognizing it and making a conscious choice. I I don't think it's out of our control. Right. Okay. I think, I think it's absolutely something we control. It's tempting. Right. So, I mean, again, I think the best example is to think of a big achievement. And I think every one of us, I shouldn't say every one of us, most of us, we have that achievement. One of the first things we think is who can I tell? Right. Oh, gotcha. Yep. You know, and part of that, part of that is just sort of I want to share this this moment I'm having. And so, you know, you tell your your, your partner, the people you're really close to. You don't have to yeah. worry about bragging with they know you, they love you. But then when it goes beyond that, uh the feelings dying down a little bit, the way that I can keep it up is by publicizing this in all my social media networks and <laughs> more and more praise and likes and so on, yes. that's where it's becoming hubristic. And that's where it's starting to lead to problems because it's no longer about me feeling good about myself just for who I am and for you know what I've done and, and for being the kind of person I want to be. It's about getting the attention from others. Right. And that's needy insecurity. It's not driven by anything healthy. It's driven by this, this real need and and dependence on others, I think, because we're not really sure that, that we're worthy. It's sort of driven by this deep, dark insecurity, I think. And so the idea, if you, if you see that and you realize, okay, I don't want to feel that kind of pride. Mm -hmm. I I see that that kind of pride leads to all kinds of problems interpersonal relationship problems and so on. I'm going to just not do that. It's hard because right. it's always tempting. But in that moment where you think, oh, okay, how can I get more attention for this? That's where you say, wait a minute, no. I'm, right. I'm not do that, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with what I'm doing and focus on instead of how can I get more attention? How can I get this feeling again by achieving in this way again? Right. Mm-hmm. I feel this way because this achievement got me closer to the kind of person that I want to be. What's the next step toward being that kind of person? right? What else can I do to to be the kind of self that I will feel proud in? So think about actions you can do to continue achieving, continue being the kind of person you want to be, rather than attention from others to just sort of reinforce Mm -hmm. the the feelings that you have from that that one success.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, and what's the research show around pride and your relationship to a higher power?
2: That's a good question. I actually don't know. I mean, this is amazing to me as I think about it. I'm not sure that there is any research on that Interesting. Issue, whether, okay. whether pride you would say maybe impedes relationship with God or something like that. Yeah.
1: That yeah. Of- I well, yes, I think that was one thing I was witnessing just in our conversation is yeah. kind of this that the the pride goes before the fall. So that that hubris pride mm-hmm. is, is you could, you know, is is like you know, one of the deadly sins could be considered like a sin type thing. That's taking me away from this sense of connection with the higher power, because now I'm looking for the external validation, which we know is, and I know full well is, is just a slippery slope, right? Mm -hmm. That's if you're looking for the external validation, the, 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 the world's going to twist and turn, and some days you're the hero, and some days you're the villain, and some days you're the in, on the in crowd, and some days you're the outcast, right? That's just yeah, life. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. so so I have noticed that as my relationship has gotten, uh, as I've had more of a relationship with, I'll say, God or higher power, I mean, I say God, but I think people listening can think higher power. Sure. Um, I, I have noticed that my my sense of wanting to tell others about accomplishments or achievements has gone way, way down, right? That's amazing. And, but my, my sense of service to serving something bigger than myself has gone way up. So right. now, now it seems and, and thank you for just allowing me to share my experience. But my experience currently is more of that good feeling of being prideful is only coming through how can I serve other mm-hmm. people, right? Wow. That, that's where my sense of pride is coming from is more of this deep sense of, if I've been given grace, then how do I Right. How, do, how do I allow others to experience grace through me being there? Not not yeah. And when I say me, not really me being there, but just, and I have plenty of faults and my wife would be happy. I, mm-hmm. mean, there, you know, yeah. I, I am not, I'm not walking on any water. There's sure. no, right. There's yeah, nobody yeah. showing up to say, Hey, would you like to apply for sainthood? That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Anger. Right. And I have all the other, you know, but, sure. that, but my internal drive, I guess now is focused more on, where for a long time, I will say for a long time, I loved seeing my name in the paper. Yeah. I loved, I loved being kind of big in, in my little, in our little town of a half million people, people knew who I was. I was in business. I did this, I did that. And for a while that felt good. And it felt like, oh, look at me. I'm so proud. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And And then at some point there was really this probably 10 years ago or longer, probably 15 years ago, there was this, just this awareness of. If that's all that there is to life, then life is super shallow, and I don't really want to even play the game of life anymore. And yeah. it, and it, and it was more of just this resignation of, okay, I've got all this stuff, my name's in there, but this this is nothing. This is like <laughs> emptiness, right? Right.
2: Well, well. So, I mean, the question that comes to me from this uh-huh. is what caused that change? I mean, was there something that happened that led to this realization or usually there's something,
1: Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think it was just a prolonged sense that that identity that I had built became so overinflated from a prideful egoic standpoint Mm -hmm. that there was something internally that knew that that wasn't real. Right. Mm -hmm. It was more of this. Yeah. It was more of this sense of separation of and the weirdly enough, it would come to me, I used to be good at drinking and <laughs> not, not an alcoholic, but definitely uh-huh. good at it. I was very, uh-huh. you know, if that was a sport, I was on the A team, <laughs> 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 but once in a while after drinking a couple of drinks, went and be buzzed. There was this awareness that would come through me that, that would literally say to me, there's more to life than this. You have to come find it.
2: Yeah. And so th- yeah, go ahead.
1: Sorry. No, 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 oh. that's fine.
2: Well, what I was going to say is, this reminds me a lot of a story I, I tell in the book because oh, yeah. I think this is exactly the kind of thing when I'm talking about that lack of pride, that awareness that wait, something is missing, yeah. and I think it's this this realization I'm not being the kind of person I want to be. I'm not living up to the kind of self that I hope for myself, yeah. and so you you what that that's what that lack of pride feels like. Mm-hmm. And so I tell the story um, of Dean Carnassus. I don't know if you've ever heard oh. of him. He he's yeah. calls himself the ultra marathon man. He, that's oh, yeah. One. Yeah. Right there. He's, he's an ultra marathon runner. So he yeah. runs these crazy races of like a hundred miles at a time. And, you know, it's right. it's very insane and intense, but he brings a lot of joy to a lot of people and he's encouraged yeah. tons of people to run. And he's just a huge inspiration. Right. Um, he, he writes about his running exploits, but so he tells the story of how he got into this. And basically he'd run track in high school and then, you know, gave it up. And as most people do and got a job in business and was, you know, having a kind of sales career. And he was 29 years old and just not really loving life. Bored, you know, succeeding, getting promotions, but it wasn't meaningful, it wasn't exciting, it wasn't who he really felt that he was. He had a wife, he was, you know, totally in love, happy with that, but not, something was missing. And so he goes to his 30th birthday party at a bar and his wife goes home early. And as he says, an attractive stranger starts flirting with him. And, you know, he's he's had a few years or more yeah, Of course, yes. Um, and so, you know, he's very close. So,
1: to- so the male ego can be stroked once it's had a couple <laughs> drinks?
2: This seems, this is what this I seems hear. so odd. This yeah, I seems know. so odd to me. Okay, exactly.
1: Well, do tell more.
2: <laughs> so I hear. So he sort of has this moment where he realizes, oh, my God, I'm within, you know, minutes yes. of, of cheating on the woman I love. What am I doing? Right. Right. Leaves the bar, goes home. And for some reason, goes to his garage and finds this old pair of sneakers that he uses for gardening because he hasn't run it in years, right. puts them on. And just starts running. And he lives right. in San Francisco. He ends up running 30 miles down the coast.
1: Wow! He
2: runs all night long. He wow. has a great story of how he, in the middle, he has to get. He's starving, so he stops in Taco Bell and begs someone in the drive for <laughs> money. <laughs> By him,
1: you know, oh my lord! He's now, a bunch of now he's a bum. Now he's a homeless exactly. person. Exactly. Right.
2: Exactly. After that, he can't. He can barely walk for two weeks because right. if you try to run that kind of distance, having not moved, that's what happens. Right. But he has this experience while he's running that all of a sudden he feels alive in a way that he hasn't in, you know, a decade. And he realizes he has been living the wrong life. His life is in the wrong direction. That's not what he wants to be doing. He wants to change everything. And so with that, he quits his job. He starts training to be an ultra marathon racer and just changes his life around to be this inspirational runner and writer and speaker for people. And and that is sort of how he learns, okay, this is the thing that gives me the meaning, the pride that I wasn't getting from my previous life, and it sounds like that's a lot of what you were going through yeah. as well. That, yeah, I
1: yeah. think I, I think so. And so for me, it's it's come it's it's switched and still is it's changing from I I want people to know who I am and be recognized because I don't want to feel unworthy or I don't want to feel this sense of I'm you know I you know I don't want them to find out that I'm just a fake or a fraud you know kind of the imposter syndrome. In fact, I actually took it too far to the extreme. I was talking to a gentleman yesterday. And, uh, you know, as I was starting some stuff with the podcast and stuff like that. And he was like, Well, what's your background? I kind of tell him my background. At the end, he just looks at me and he says, Dude, that's really impressive. I mean, he's in <laughs> his, you know, he's 27 28, right? But he was still like, Dude, that's super impressive. I was like,
2: yeah.
1: What? And I was like, <laughs> and, I, and it took me aback a little bit. And I was like, I guess I have lived a little bit of life here and there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've done, yeah. I, I've done a few things. So it went from kind of that feeling of, you know, trying to probably coat or patch this underlying wound of I'm not a wor- not not worthy or I'm not, you know, I don't, my self-worth is low. So I'm going to over, and I think you've talked about this in your book that I'm going to over and almost to the point of narcissism, narcissism, yeah. even though it, it, you know, and to now the other side of it is like, basically, you know, you know, how do I serve God and how do I be more present with my family and how, you know, serving my family feels good and yeah. hanging out with my kids and doing it, a, being, a, you know, I, I'm not a great dad every day, but being a, a solid, good dad, oh, yeah. you know, it gives me that sense of love or that sense Perfect. of connection or whatever. And, and I'm hoping that that's, I'm hoping that that's happening broad scale in society. I hope that because yeah. of the last two or three years, yeah. we, we've got our, enough of us have gotten our asses and I'm gonna use that again, our asses kicked yeah. that, that now there's this, for me, there was a total reset of what's important.
2: Oh yeah, 100%. And it came,
1: you know, it came, it just came down to, you know, I don't care if anybody knows my name. I don't care if anybody, you know, says you're a good guy or not a good guy. I'm still carrying some guilt and shame. And I know that, Yeah. but but ultimately I do care a hell of a lot if my kids love me and if they feel supported and they feel loved and they've experienced joy, then all of that, then I feel prideful. I feel like, you know what? No matter what has happened, no matter what I'm going through, I, I'm, I'm a good dad, right? Totally. Or, or I'm being a... I need to be a better spouse, but I'm working on that. Right. So at least <laughs> totally, right, 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 right. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a, that's a tougher when they are seven and three yeah. to your point, you buy them ice cream and you're their hero. But, yeah, exactly. So, right. Much easier. Absolutely. It's harder <laughs> when they
2: get to be a teenager, but still, I think it's easier. So yeah, no, uh, yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I think, you know, COVID it, it's such an interesting thing. Cause you know, it hurts so many people and it obviously killed yeah. so many people and it's just yep. been such a hard time. And at the same time, you know, I, you know, like you, I had been going through a hard time and mm-hmm. COVID hit you know, there was a period here, like everywhere where schools were closed. Yep. And so I find myself, I'm working from home, which for me, I'm lucky enough that that's really easy. unlike right. for some people. Right. And now I have an 11 year old who's at home every day. And right. I'm like, how lucky am I that mm-hmm. like when my, my kids in grade five, 11, she, I get to have lunch with her every day and we yep. would have lunch together. And then we yep. would do a little workout, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, I was like, this is amazing. Like I'm getting, yes. you know, I was able to have the perspective to be like, this is something no parents get, or, you know, pre- pre- previous to this time, no parents would right. get. Yeah. And, and I'm going to appreciate it and enjoy it. And we're going to bond through this. And we did. And we are so much closer as a result of that, you know? And I yeah, think totally. I, I feel really lucky because I know people who had small children as, as you probably did. It's much, much harder. <laughs> I was, she was at a perfect age, right. but you know, still wanting to hang out with me, but also able to like, now you go do your own thing. So. <laughs> right? But, you know, I, I take, I don't take that for granted, but at the same time, I do think, you know, there's been a big resetting and, and you're absolutely right. The things that matter and are really important that are worth feeling pride about have really shifted for a lot of us, which is, I think, great.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. I could ask you so many more questions, and I feel like that you're going to run long. So I'm going to start wrapping up now because I told you that you would be the one to run long. I'm not going to run long <laughs> right. on I today's know. podcast. It will be you. Sure. So you, you did the research on pride. Uh, I know that there's shame that we didn't talk about that kind of is a, a cousin to pride, it sounds mm-hmm. like. But kind of where are you today? Where, what's kind of on your mind or what, what are you researching and maybe why? If you don't mind sharing a little. Yeah, no,
2: not at all. I mean, so, you know, the way that stuff works is everything takes a long time. So I'm still doing, still doing stuff on pride. A lot of the pride stuff led to work on social rank and social status and hierarchy. Oh, uh-huh. So I have a lot of work on that. That's sort of still ongoing and work with students on, on pride. And, you know, I have, I have one student who's really interested in dark stuff. And so mm-hmm. um, he's looked at how hubristic pride makes people want to cheat to get status and engage mm-hmm. in um, you yeah. know, really problematic behaviors. You know, big picture. I actually, it's funny, this conversation is really interesting because I think big picture I'm actually going more into looking at questions of meaning and Mm, what gives us meaning in life and how do we get that and Mm -hmm. how can we get that within a scientific framework. I think, you know, science, science is great, but problematic for meaning in a lot of ways, because science mm-hmm. says there is no real meaning. So in the universe, so I'm sort of trying to figure that out. And, um, and that's kind of my next big thing, um, which has been really exciting to to think about. So, yeah.
1: And there's a whole nother show in that, but I'll touch yeah, totally. on a little bit, Fair enough, um, yeah. which is what I am seeing more and more. And I know that I'm seeing it because I am dealing with it or, or processing it myself. So I'm seeing it because it's, it is me, but is this am I living my purpose? Mm -hmm. Am I living my purpose and this sense of what is my purpose and am I living that purpose? Mm -hmm. And I think that is another thing I think that happened through the the COVID era or still is, I guess, but through this time is that I, I see more and more people on social media and people I talk to just having this kind of awakening moment where they're like, Am I living the life that I want to live? Am I yeah. living my person? And I was even seeing it a little bit before COVID in, in, in a weird population, which was seniors. Huh. I, I was seeing it in the senior population where after they retired, they mm-hmm. had this lack of purpose because they're yeah. no longer contributing to society or, the, you know, especially yeah. right post right? Post uh, retirement, but now mm-hmm. I'm seeing it in like, obviously the millennials that that's what drives a lot of them is this connection to, you know, some, a mission or a purpose. Yep, absolutely. And I think for the, you know, I'm in the Gen X, aren't mm-hmm. I? Yeah. Gen Xers. Um,
2: <laughs> I also am Gen X. <laughs> yeah. I
1: had to think about that for a moment. Um, but that means I am Gen X if I have to think about it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, but in the Gen X population, I feel like that we're kind of in that kind of like we, I've said this to a couple of my friends. You know, my brain grew up in my my brain was developed in the, you know, my kind of semi-adult brain in the 80s yeah. and the 90s when, you know, it was a survival of the fittest and success was crushing your competition. And mm-hmm. now I have to shift my brain over here to more of this. How can I collaborate? You know, mm-hmm. how can I move from competition to collaboration? Because now to be successful, at least from a purpose standpoint, you you I need to collaborate with others, right? Yeah. Because the, the end results better. For everybody, right?
2: That's a great point. It's funny, I hadn't thought about it in terms of this generational scheme, but you're totally right that you know when we grew up, it was you know the 80s and, and even yeah. the 90s it was all about success and achievement and drive and competition. And that's not really the thing that gives people meaning anymore, you know. And I think, yeah, the mm-hmm. millennial generation really kind of shifted that for yeah. us and, and credit to them, you know. i right. appreciate it. Of them for it because it's, it's better, you know, yes, yes. It, it is a real change. So it's interesting. Yeah. yeah figuring out yeah. how to navigate that. I mean, especially, you know, having a kid who's now Gen Z, yes. and she's super hyper aware of, of all these kinds of issues and sensitivity and, and, you know, people's differences and all that kind of thing. So it's, it's really interesting to talk to her and be
1: corrected by her. That's amazing. And so, yeah, I think you could probably just write a book that just addresses Gen X like the like the, the the process of Gen Xers as they've gone through yeah. this weird Seriously. weird bubble from going from kind of this very materialistic society mm-hmm. to more of this holistic or purposeful society and yeah. i think that's you know we, and i guess maybe we could call that midlife crisis or something but you know i'm not buying a new car and i'm not driving you know i'm not going out and spending money on i'm actually being like all right well what is this about right yeah. <laughs> what what <laughs> is right what is the point what is the purpose and what do i do with that to gain pride
2: yeah totally. versus
1: versus the shallowness of the 80s and 90s or the success that was before which was all about how much stuff can i get and how big a house yeah. and you know how status status right it was about the status and now it's like yeah. But that's not, to your point, it just doesn't give us a, that warm fuzzy. It doesn't fill us up. Yeah, the whole, no, the whole exactly. only gets bigger. I, yeah. You know, it doesn't get smaller. <laughs>
2: totally. Totally. Yeah. No. And it's amazing to see how this is like crossing all different kinds of domains and areas and boundaries of people really wanting to figure out what their purpose is. What's the meaning of life? You know, whether it's, you know, exploring things like Eastern, you know, yoga mm-hmm. and meditation, yep. or now there's like psychedelics are a big thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. it's really fascinating to see all that. So yeah, it's very
1: cool. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for coming on today and and sharing with us. People can obviously go to, I think, Amazon, right? Amazon will get your book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which it's the red cover. So look for the red (laughs) cover. Big white letters, pride, the secret of success, and your name, Jessica Tracy. Yeah, (laughs) Jessica Tracy right underneath it. And I think uh, you're active on some social media. Which social media are you active on?
2: Yeah, people can follow me on Twitter, Prof Jess Tracy too hard to find, but yeah. Yeah. And my website, you can find me at UBC. If you search for the University of British Columbia, if you want to learn more about my research, um, you can find me at the psychology department there. So, yeah.
1: Perfect. So if you need me to be a case study for your book, (laughs) <laughs> okay, like, awesome. like 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 a you know like a monkey or something. I'll be uh-huh. happy to volunteer, or, or I'll be or I'll be happy to write a, a, a some a foreword or something you know Great. just some type of testimony about your but about your next book. And certainly when you get ready to release your next book, please let us know, and we'd be happy to have you come on and preview it for us and kind of share what your what your research is doing and what it's finding because it's so it's interesting on so many levels. You know, and we didn't even get into leadership and corporate and you know pride and how that affects the work. I mean, there's lots of layers to that thing, right? Because yeah, it's it it is kind of a very core human condition or human yeah. attribute.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, and my book talks a lot about leadership and different kinds of leadership that come from different kinds of pride. So, yeah, people who are interested in that can check that out. And, yeah, it's all in there. So
1: yeah, yeah. So yes, I will love it. Well, so thank you so much for coming on today. It was such a pleasure to get to meet you.
2: Yeah, it was great meeting you
1: too. Thanks for having me. And and if you'd like to have another conversation about anything you're doing, we'd love to have you come back on the show.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been great.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, Jess.
2: All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for being a part of the Bright Vibe podcast. For more information, go to brightvibe.com. That's dot ecom Thank you for listening.